Welcome to the Godly Business Podcast. I am your host, Anne Jean-Pierre, and today's episode is brought to you by Better Sales Women, where entrepreneurs learn to master the sales conversation, 3x their income. To learn more, visit bettersaleswomen.com. Good morning, guys. I'm so excited to talk to you about our subject today. It's pretty much a continuation of what we spoke on last week or some of it. And today I want to start by reading Luke 14, verse 28, which reads, but don't begin until you count the cost for who would begin construction for a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it. So I wanted to start off um, with this conversation, kind of continuing the conversation from last week. Um, we kind of touched on the fact that beginning of the year, there were so many people who unfortunately got laid off and, um, this created the opportunity to start new business ventures, which is always a good idea. In my opinion, um, even if you still have a W2, I believe that, um, everyone should have some type of other streams of income, right? We read the verse about having multiple streams of income um, from, I believe it was Chronicles, uh, where where Salomon was talking about having multiple streams of income because you never know what will happen and what's going on on the land, right? So, and nowadays with everything that we're seeing, it is very important to start your own business. I'm a very big advocate on that. But in starting your own business, what are some things that you need to think about? So this is what we're going to discuss today. We're going to go over three things that I believe before you start your business, you need to think about. Okay, so the first thing is how much will it cost to start, right? As the verse suggests, you should calculate the cost before you start. Now, most of the time when people think of the cost to start, they often focus only on the cost in relation to material. And obviously this is something that you have to think about whether you're on the service side or product side, the cost of materials, um, even like for you know your website, marketing, things like that. Yes, you have to account for that. The other thing that I don't think people often miss, or I think people often miss in calculating the cost, is the cost for their time. And often this is where I find that people under um, undermine the cost and don't charge properly for their services. For example, I have had discussions with different hairdressers who may who charges, in my opinion, don't really reflect the time that it takes to do the work that they're doing. Now, I know within um, the Black community, right, we often complain on how the price for hairdos have gone up so much. But looking at it from the perspective of the hairdresser, right? So let's say the hairstyle that you're want to do is going to take eight hours in order for it to be completed. 
and this person charges um, $200 in order for them to do this hairstyle for you. And this is just an example I'm using because this is the one that may be simpler to, to get into, right? And so $200 for eight hours, not counting if the person have to get materials and things like that, right? Just the time frame that it costs, um, that it takes to do their service. So the $200, when you break it down, it comes to $25 an hour. Now, someone could say, hey, you know what? This is better than going to, um, you know, a, a, another job because some jobs, you know, it take it would take you a while to get the $25 an hour rate that you could do as, let's say, a hairdresser. But accounting for those costs, it may be that the $200 is not enough to account just for your time, the product, and is $25 enough to cover all of those aspects of your business, right? Because remember, you still have to account for your um, overhead, right? So whether you have a booth or your own salon, you know, if you have to pay for different um, different products and things like that, these are the costs that you have to assess and putting that, right? So someone may say, okay, $200 is not, um, you know, $25 an hour is, is not a bad deal for, you know, this type of venture. The, the reason why I'm bringing this up is then when look at looking at the same example, what happens now if it still takes you eight hours, right? But then it's $100, right? So now is it worth it, right? Is it worth it at that point? Because you're talking about less than $13 an hour. So oftentimes I find that people are so excited into starting their business and, um, looking at different aspects, they don't take into account the time, the time cost that it's going to take, the energy that it's going to take, and obviously don't account for the full products, right? Talking about product, this is something that, um, this, this is something I also find is often either way underestimated are oftentimes overestimated. So for example, I often find that let's say you're starting your business and obviously starting, you have to give yourself grace, right? We have to give ourselves grace because when you're starting the business, there are certain things you will not know until you start. So you have to um, create what I call a contingency fund, right? Well, I don't call it that, but <laughs> this is what it's called, right? A contingency fund, because there are things that you are not going to account for that will just pop up starting a business that you're going to realize that, oh, hey, I'm going to need um, XYZ or more of this product or you know more this software that I didn't account for in order for me to run my business uh, more efficiently. So those are things that obviously sometimes you may not realize, which is why, and calculating for the cost, let's say you made the calculation, okay, this is my product. This is the time that it's going to take. So my startup cost is going to be $2,000, right? What I suggest is add a buffer to your 
upfront cost, what you think it's going to cost. So instead of putting $2,000, put in your mind that, yes, I'm going to put $2,000, but I'm also going to have a $500 backup in case I miscalculated something, I didn't account for something, and you have that buffer to cover you, um, you know, for that mishap. So you're not strapped starting this business and not having, you know, the resources that you need. Now, um, talking about this same subject, two things that I would recommend when you're calculating the cost of the business. And the reason why I say it's also time is timing as far as when you're starting your business, whether or not you should just start your business right away. Right. Or, um, trickle yourself in. What do I mean by trickling yourself in? Meaning maybe while you have your W2, start building your business, right? For most entrepreneurs, that is how they started. They start while they have their W2 doing their little side business that eventually will replace their W2 income. But even at that point, of course, it's different if obviously you get let go and you just have to to do something because you need the funds, right? So I'm not talking about those specific situations, but even with those specific situations, you could still start your business and look for a W-2 employee, um, the W-2 job. And the reason, or 1099, right? Um, And the reason why you want to try to look into those things is to, so you can get the funds to do the startup, right? You can get the funds to do the startup and you have the money to put aside. The other thing I said to account for the time it will cost is for those of us who have W2 jobs and still trying to trickle in the time for a business, you want it to be where you can still have time to focus on your business, but you also don't want to sacrifice um, that quote, in quotation guaranteed income that will help propel you to start your business, that will give you the funds to reinvest into your business, right? Because when you first start, it is a good idea to have that secured, quote unquote, secured paycheck coming in to make sure that, Hey, you know what? I started out with 2,500. Is that a, just a startup cost or is it, that's what's going to cost me every single month to do. So maybe this month, you know, I started the 2,500, but now next month I'm going to need, you know, another thousand dollars to continue the business because the business hasn't, um, you know, produce enough to give me the, the full money back, right? Because you just started. So it, I've seen so many, um, podcasts and, um, you know, different YouTubers that says, Hey, you know, leave your nine to five and go into business. That I think is not a realistic or wise movement, especially if you can keep your nine to five and do your side business, I would say do, do both because that extra income would definitely help you and, you know, expanding your business. Now talking about expanding your business, this is the second thing that I wanted to touch on. Expanding your business. There's ways that before you expand your business that you have to take into consideration. And the reason why I say this is because oftentimes 
let's say you start and you're calculating the cost, you know how much it, it will cost for you to start your business is 2,500, whatever. The first month you first, let's calculate how long it will take you, right? To get that money back. Because maybe your business, when you start, the first month is kind of slow. The second month you start to pick up. By the third month is when you're really starting to see, you know, okay, how this business is going to make and things like that, right? So usually it may take, it may, and depend on your business, it may take longer, right? But usually within three months of you starting, you should start seeing and recuperating those funds back within two to three months. That's when, if it takes longer um, and you having no clients, no contact, no, and you're being consistent, right? Now it's one thing to like say, hey, I started this business three months ago and I'm not getting answers. Well, have you done everything that you're supposed to do? If you haven't, you can't really count those three months as, you know, you can't count those three months because you haven't done everything that you needed to do. I'm talking about you started your business, you calculated the cost, you went in, you're doing your marketing, you're doing your content, you, you're putting yourself out there, you know what I'm saying? You're making offers, you're getting leads, you're making offers, and you know those three months is starting to, to go in, so now you're starting to see the, um, the fruit of your labor, so to speak, right? So I usually advise, just like dating, give it 90 days, give it three months, to figure out, okay, how is this going? How much did I spend last month? Where did that money, where was that money spent? Um, second month, okay, now that, you know, most of the startup costs, where is this, the second month, where is that money going? Um, how much did I get um, back? You know, how many customers was I able to get? How long does it take me to, to book a customer? Like, do I have to talk to five people um, to get one customer? This is where in those three months you start learning your business. You start learning, okay, these are the things that are working. This is how much it's going to, to take me to get, you know, my, my, my initial investment back. At least in those two to three months, I should be able to get my initial investment back. And then after that, I can start making profits. So I do say the first three months, set, set yourself aside to just invest in your business and wait to get, you know, those return on your investment. Now, when I say three months to invest your in your business, I mean just those three months to invest and don't go beyond what you already set yourself as your investment cost. Again, we already talked about um, buffers and things like that. The reason being is you want to, you don't want to keep investing in something and not see the results, but then keep pouring money into it. This is the rabbit hole, unfortunately, that a lot of people fall into, right? You just keep spending money and I've been guilty of this. I've been guilty of this in other business ventures that I've tried, right? And this is why I'm bringing this up. You don't want to keep spending money and not seeing the fruit or the result back. You don't want to reinvest, get better material and all of that stuff until you one, get your, get your initial investment back and then start making a profit, right? 
Now, the second subject, I know I kind of like went off a little bit. The second thing is when should you expend your business? Now, expending your business can mean different things for different people. Expending as in, expending could be getting more employees, right? Expending could be um, offering more services or offering more product, right? Trying to branch out into different markets. So expending your business could mean, you know, so many different things. But what I would say is, depend on how fast your business is growing, right? So sometimes your business is growing so rapidly that you have to expend uh, fast because of how rapidly your business is going. But I would caution if you are in your business less than a year to not expend as fast as you think your business is growing. And this is why I say this, because in the first year of your business, there are things that you are, you are still learning. I'm going to use myself as an example. One of my businesses, I didn't realize that what the peak season were, right? So maybe from March to August were the peak season, right? This is where like I'm getting a lot of contacts, my business is growing and things like that. But from January, January, February, March, things are a little quiet, right? And then, um, you know, September, October, November, December, things are like not as quiet, but they're also not as growing as it was in between those months. Well, guess what? In your first year, you may not realize that. You may not realize that, oh, wait, this is how the the flow of the business is. So in those months, in those, you know, six, seven months, for example, of your business growing, right? Like crazy, you're getting so many calls and contacts. You may feel, oh my gosh, I need to go ahead and buy this thing and get this thing and hire this person and blah, blah. And then things all of a sudden start slowing down and you start panicking because you're like, oh snap, like what's going on? And you overexpending yourself because you thought what happened in the past seven months are going to continue. And it's not, right? So I caution you that before you start expending your business and just start, hey, I'm just going to, you know, go get more things and invest and invest back into my business. For the first year, I would suggest just slowing down and looking at the pattern of your business. Yes, some for some, uh, as your business grow, you may have to expend and then give yourself room to retract. I look at it as like a rubber band, right? You need to be able to stretch it out and then stretch it back in when things are slow. So especially for your first year of starting your business, even I would say for the first two, three years, right? Because there's so many different factors that affect your business that are outside of your control, right? And you can't control what sometimes the outside market does that therefore affect your business. However, in that time frame, I do encourage you to look at what it is that you need to to encounter and learn the pattern of your business. One of the ways you could do that is look at other businesses. Finding a mentor is so key. And sometimes it's hard to find a good mentor, right? 
Also, if you can work in that industry before you start your business, right? Like, let's say you're thinking of doing a job for, I don't know, painting, right? I thought of painting because I need my my kitchen repainted. But um, let's say you think, okay, painting, that's the job I want to get into. Um, Maybe go get yourself a job at a painting spot, right? At a painter. And just to kind of see where and how their flow of their job is. That's something I would suggest. But the bottom line is before you expend in your, you know, expand your business, start to grow and reinvest and spend so much money because, hey, I'm getting clients and I need this, this and that. Um, and then you find out, okay, in six, seven months, the next three months, now it's super slow to where um, you kind of overextended yourself um, trying to, you know, make make up for those three months, assuming that it's going to continue or it's going to grow because of that growth period, just keep those things in mind. This is something that I think you really should think about and be cautious of before you go and, you know, start spending money and trying to expend yourself too fast. Growing too fast can be a detriment, especially in the first year when you're just learning your business. It could be a flow thing and you just have to go through that year being very careful, learning where to expand and retract and how to do those um, in a way that's wise and not going to be a bad thing for you in the long run. All right. Now, the last thing I want to talk about is knowing when you should pivot. Right. So when we talked about learning the cost, how much it, it will, um, how much does it really cost for you to start your business, accounting for time as well, and all of those things. Then we talked about expanding your business, you know, learning when to know how, how and when to reinvest and retract and things like that. But also as starting a new business, you need to learn when you should pivot. And that is really hard sometimes. I'm not going to lie to you. It's really hard sometimes when you just start because you are kind of, um, you know, you know, you don't really know what to expect, right? Even if you worked in the field, you know, for, for so long, being your own boss is completely different than working for someone else, right? And meeting their deadline and, and things like that. It's completely different being your own boss. So there are times where you have to make that decision to pivot, um, and, and go a different route and try something different. And, when should you pivot and when should you know how to, you know, make those things? So three things I would, um, within the, like when you should pivot, two things I want to make sure you ask yourself before you think about pivoting. And we've kind of touched on it before. Are you consistent? Are you consistent? If you are not consistent and you are, you know, wishy-washy, treating it like a hobby, not being on top of your game, not doing everything that you could have done, that not doing everything that you should be doing, it may not be that you need to pivot. It may that it may be that you just need to be more consistent 
at doing whatever it is that you need to do in order for, for you to try to see if this is actually working or not, right? Because sometimes, like I said, for the first three months, it's really pivotal for you to be consistent, doing what you need to do, be on your ball so that if something's not working, you can go back and say, hey, these are the things I tried and it did not work. These are the things I tried and it did work. And then you will have data to back up your decision making. So first thing is you have to be consistent because without that, pivoting too fast, pivoting without that data can harm you in the long run. So before you pivot, make sure that you actually give it your all in in this format that you were trying to do before, before you switch up. So you know whether or not this was actually something wrong with your, you know, your approach, there's something going on in the market or something else. Because it could be that you were not doing your part. And that will take some real, like being real with yourself, you know, because no one can keep you more accountable than, than, than you can, right? And no one can be as honest with yourself than you can be. So I ask you to be completely transparent and have an honest conversation with yourself. Like, hey, you know what? Maybe I wasn't as consistent as I should have been. So realizing that. Um, the second thing is, that I feel like before you pivot and look into, um, you know, hey, maybe I need to switch things up. Look at your customer service. Is your customer service area is an area that needs to be improved? I will tell you this. Um, and like a couple of years ago, I was looking for a marketing company and I've called multiple marketing companies. Right. And like, I want to say like five or six and I chose one, um, obviously, but three or four of them, the reason why I didn't choose them was because of their customer service. I didn't, it doesn't, it didn't even matter if they were quote unquote, the best company for me that could have been giving me the result, which I don't think it would, they would have been because obviously their customer service was, wasn't that great right? Automatically, I'm like, I'm not doing business with this person because their customer service is not, is not that great. And it sucks to say, and I know some people would get angry or get offended by saying this. I see this, unfortunately, in a lot of black owned businesses. I'm very big on supporting, um, small businesses, period. I don't care white, black, Hispanic, whatever. I'm big on supporting small businesses, right? And of course, if there's, you know, one that is a black owned, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to support a brother or sister. Like, Hey, right. Whatever. Unfortunately though, sometimes I'm, I'm just like, Hey, listen, this is not working. I'm not going back to this business because this person doesn't value me as a customer. They don't treat me right as a customer and they don't respect me as a customer. And I've seen that in so many different ways as to while the product is good, the product that they are offering is good. Your customer service sucks. So therefore people are not willing to deal with your attitude and not willing to deal with you or your establishment because they're not getting that customer service that they need, right? There's a reason why 
um, when people go, when you ask people, why do they use, go to Chick-fil-A um, and, um, you know, places like Publix, I'm going to tell you why. I don't care how great that sandwich is. If their attitude was horrible, they would not have been as successful as they are. Right? Publix is not cheap. Okay? But people go there, not just for the product, but also because they know if they need help, they're going to get help. They're not going to get attitude. Right? The product is going to be there. It's going to be clean. It's not going to smell. All of those things. So sometimes that's something that you have to think about. Hey, maybe what you need to focus on versus pivoting your approach to your product and service itself, it may be your customer service. It may be that your customer service is not on par to what it should be based on the product that you're, you know, you're are servicing. Now, if you look into all of that and you're like, okay, I've looked into my customer service. It's not the issue. Um, I have been consistent. That's not the issue. So at that point, you may need to pivot. And the, the other areas that you have to look at into um, before you pivot is what are customers asking for that you currently not offering or what it is part, maybe like you offer three things, but everyone keeps getting this one thing, right? Of the three things you offer, um, everyone just keeps getting that one package. So look at that package and see, okay, what is it about this that everyone likes? Maybe you need to drop the other two and expand on that one service and then maybe try to find a way to create more services out of that one, if that makes sense. So um, if, example, you own a cupcake place and everyone loves your chocolate cupcakes, but they don't, you don't get as much um, things on the other cupcakes, right? Maybe create more chocolate cupcakes, but in different, um, you know, different themes or with different ingredients, but still chocolate. So that's what I mean by like, you may need to pivot, look at what it is that's really working really well and that people really love and just hone in on that and focus on that. So those are the three things that I wanted to, to talk to you guys about. Before you start your business, you have to look into those three things. Just make sure you calculate the cost, take into account how much it really costs to, to, to do this business, right? Then look into um, whether or not you should expand. You know, it may not be a good idea to expand. Look at looking at the flow, especially if you just start. To learn what makes sense and what doesn't and then um lastly is when you should pivot you know the things that you should look into before you pivot if you should pivot and um what to take into account before you make that decision so that is it for me we are almost out of time for us today i hope that this is helpful i pray that you and launching your business that you will be successful and that God will keep you and uh, protect you and show you the way that you should go. If you are, um, if you have any questions or concern and would like for me to speak about a more specific subject, just let me know. I'll be more than happy to go over that. But otherwise, I hope you have an amazing day and we'll talk next week. God bless.